to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, squaddies. squaddies. Welcome to episode 100 of the Travel Squad podcast. Oh my gosh, guys, what a huge milestone. We've made it to episode 100. Wow. I can't even believe it. Like two weeks back, we had our two-year episode, and two episodes later, we got episode 100. It's wild. It's a huge milestone. Huge milestone. Huge. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really proud of us for making it this far, and we love that you guys have stuck with us and grown with us, and this has been so much fun to develop this podcast for y'all. But today we are packing our bags, jumping on a flight and hitting the East Coast. We went to Williamsburg, Virginia, and we use Virginia as our hub. And actually, Virginia touches five states, and it's close to Washington, D.C., and it's also on the Atlantic Ocean. So it was a great place to go for a trip. Yeah, Brittany and I took an East Coast adventure back in early May of this year. Like she said, we did many different things and visited many different states. Oh my gosh. I mean, we went to D.C., we went to Delaware, Maryland, West Virginia. We just had an episode a couple back where we talked about what we did at Shenandoah National Park in Virginia and New River Gorge in West Virginia. So we're going to bypass that, even though this happened on this trip, and talk about all the stuff that we did city-wise of all the places and states that I had just mentioned. You know, I'm actually kind of jealous that I wasn't on this trip because I really like the East Coast. I've grown up in California, as you guys have as well. And the East Coast is so different. There's so much to do over there. Yeah. You know, what's really funny about you saying that, Kim, is as fortunate as we are for a lot of the traveling that we've done, like really, I haven't explored a lot of the East Coast. My East Coast adventures have included like New York, which is only like a couple days that I've really been there. Otherwise, it's Florida to go on cruises and go to the amusement park. So other than like Northeast Coast, New York, and obviously Southeast Coast, Florida, Florida, I haven't been anywhere else. So I was really, really excited to kind of like hit off these states, see the different things. And quite honestly, I I was really impressed. I mean, I'm still a West Coast for lifer type (laughs) person because West Coast is the best coast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry to tell you guys that East Coast, but nonetheless, great place to visit. And I, I was just blown away with how cool it was. So pop quiz, guys. For both you, Kim and Jamal, I said that Virginia touches five different states. Who can name the five states that Virginia touches? You've already given me this quiz and I can't even remember what the answer is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give it a go. Okay. Okay. It touches Maryland. Yes. It touches West Virginia, Mm -hmm. Kentucky, Mm -hmm. Tennessee, Mm -hmm. North Carolina. Is that five? Yep. Ooh, Mr. Geography buff coming in through. (laughs) Yeah. 
I've been to some of the places on the East Coast, like Boston and some New England areas. We actually have an episode coming out on that, but I haven't been anywhere near where you guys are going to be talking about today. So super excited to hear about it. I heard a little bit about it, but I'm really excited to get into the details. So let's dive right in. Yeah. So first off, if you guys don't know, Jamal and I own a timeshare. We were actually gifted a timeshare for our, our wedding. And so we are in a timeshare exchange program. And so every once in a while, we'll go on to like, where can we go in the United States? And you well, not just the United States, but we've only used it in the United States. And we're like, where should we go? What should we use as a hub? And we came across Williamsburg, Virginia, and it looked pretty cool with the colonial architecture. And we're like, you know, there's a lot to do around that area. Why don't we make a week trip out of it? Because our timeshare is for a week long. So we're like, we're gonna make the most of it and use Williamsburg, Virginia as our hub. Yeah, and it was definitely great. And, you know, we've mentioned this before, you know, we're no strangers to investing time behind the wheel to do some driving, at least me doing the driving and everybody else being a passenger, Kim sleeping in the back seat, even though she didn't grace us with her presence on this one to sleep in the back seat on me. <laughs> but we used it as a hub. And quite honestly, some days, I mean, we did have three and a half hours of driving like in one direction and then back, but we were willing to do that. We knew we just said, never really been here in this area. I wanted to get the most of it, so I was willing to do that. So I do think it's a good hub to do this type of trip, but be willing to do the drive if you are and know that it's there, but it's really, really rewarding, really, really fun. Yeah, and a few weeks back, we had an episode. It's episode 94, and we talked about New River Gorge National Park, our newest national park, and Shenandoah National Park. And although we did those on these trips, we're not going to be talking about them now because we've already dedicated an entire episode to those. So if you missed it, go back and listen and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can be up to date when all our new episodes come out. But we're going to focus more on other aspects of the trip, and we're going to start off with Williamsburg, Virginia. Yeah, so Williamsburg is a really cool city. I mean, if you're into American history, you probably know what Williamsburg is. If you don't, I'm going to tell you it. Basically, Williamsburg at one point was the capital of Virginia and pretty much, you know, the colonies of the United States at that point in time. And then they got it taken away from them? They did not get it taken away from them in the sense of they lost it in war. They just migrated to other places to do it because it wasn't like feasible. It was kind of like in swamp area, more so Jamestown, which we're going to get to, which is right by it. But basically, this place, Williamsburg, it is the largest living museum in the world. And what I mean by that is Colonial Williamsburg. They still have all these colonial buildings from the times even before the American Revolution. That's cool. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. And the people who work there really are dressed in the proper attire for the time period. They speak to you as if they're talking to you from the 17th century and the 1600s. 1700s. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the people in the town are doing this? Well, they are workers. For they the are museum. workers it's, because it's a whole like the whole town's a museum, though. Yes, Correct. The whole town's so there's museum. workers throughout the town. Correct. Dressed in colonial outfits and Correct. talking like they are from 200 years ago. Correct. Yes. You can get people <laughs> to drive you in a horse-drawn carriage and Did they're talking to you like that. Well, no, we, we wanted to do that around the town, but they were already actually sold out for the day Aww. of tickets purchased on that. They even have famous people. I mean, George Washington was there. We're going to talk a little bit later. Like oh my God. One of the homes that we went into, which is a, still an original home from that time period, is a home that George Washington was in planning the Battle of Yorktown, which is the battle that we won against the British, which really cemented our win 
for our independence in that home. We got to go in that room like wow. where he planned it. So they'll have somebody who's George Washington walking around <laughs> and all of these other type of founding fathers who have been to Williamsburg and do this stuff. And, you know, we were about to go into the courthouse and they talked to you about how, you know, things were done in court back then and how it was a big hullabaloo and people would come not because they were interested in the cases, but to see people who they didn't like get fines against them and other mm-hmm. stuff like that. And as we were waiting, just so you can see if kind of how they talk to you in the the time presence, one of the analogies the lady gave us, she said, oh, you are here when there is such like fair weather. Normally around this time, it's like we're breathing in hot soup. And she said it like in an old timey way that was really funny. And everybody talks that way who's working there. It's really fun, really cool. Yeah. And she asked us like, where are you from? And we said from San Diego. And she was like, oh, that's quite a few weeks away to get here. That's a big journey. And we're like, where do you live? And she was like, well, I live a few hours away by carriage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, you know, when we said we lived in San Diego, they're like, oh, how's it like living under the Spanish rule? Because, you know, the West Coast (laughs) still was under Spanish rule. So, I mean, they really keep how they talk to you in that presence. And so it's just a really unique experience. And a lot of American history actually happened there as well. So you get to learn that, be in it. And it's really a living museum in a way. That's really cool. Is this the kind of area where they would do like battle reenactments? They didn't have any battle reenactments here. However, they did show you and the armory, like how you would load up a musket. They had fire demonstrations of it, of like how loud it would be, this and that. So unfortunately, no reenactments, but really, really cool. Yeah. And we went to the governor's palace and we got to wander in his gardens and there's a museum there. It's 301 acres for you to explore, really. And they have shops open. Like they had a wig maker shop that they were (laughs) (laughs) showing like how to make wigs back in the day. And they had a whole bunch of shops where they would show you how they did those things and like the importance of them. So that was really cool. We also got to tour, like Jamal said, the George White House. That's where George Washington stayed when he planned the Battle of Yorktown. And they were talking about the importance of the rooms. Like this is the entertainment room. Look at the wallpaper from this time. They would serve tea in this room and like talk about important events. And so they engrave a lot of history and knowledge while you're there. Yeah. And some of the buildings that are in the old colonial Williamsburg have actually like burnt down. They've rebuilt them to the best of the specifications that they have. But the majority of the buildings that are still there are from the time period in which they built, you know, from the 1600s, 1700s. So really, really cool for that. And you do need a day pass to get in there. It's $35, although after the fact... I did realize technically, I mean, they are public streets. You can roam them for free on the outside, but you need your pass to get inside the buildings. If you don't have your pass, like you can't get in the buildings, you can't see the demonstrations and do things, but no one is checking as you get to the town square. Hey, yes, this person has bought a ticket. So do keep that in mind. You can see the buildings, but you can't get the true experience unless you buy the pass. Yeah. And we did see a whole bunch of people that were jogging in the area and just kind of like roaming the town, but not going inside the buildings. And it's interesting to see how many people are out exploring it and how interested everyone is in it still with all of that history. If anybody from Colonial Williamsburg is listening, I'm going to throw out a suggestion. I said this to Brittany. I think it would be awesome. The one thing they need to do is find one of those old buildings, make it a tavern, give me a flagon of ale and like an old school thing and keep it like a really old school tavern. I think that would be awesome. They don't have that, but I'm just throwing that out there. That would make the experience like way, way cooler. (laughs) Yeah. So we also went to Jamestown. And if you have a national park pass, it's valid for a discounted admission here. Ooh. Yes. We love to save money. 
How far is Jamestown from Williamsburg? Well, if we're keeping with the time period, it would be about a day's <laughs> carriage ride away. No, it's honestly, what, about 15 miles, probably a little bit less. Not very, very far. Within 30 minutes. Yeah, but back in the day to travel, like that's, you know, was a lot of time. And so Jamestown, maybe you've heard of it. It was actually the oldest British settlement that they had in the United States. Captain John Smith landed here. Pocahontas, we may know from the Disney movie, she is a real person, believe it or not. All of that history takes place here in Jamestown. So while we were going to Jamestown, I was putting on the Pocahontas soundtrack (laughs) as we're like driving up. And I love to do that. When we went to San Francisco, we went by the Full House house. So I was putting on their theme song. Oh, yeah. When we were in Chicago, we were playing. What was that? Family Matters. Yes. (laughs) So going into Jamestown, I was like, Pocahontas soundtrack now. (laughs) And then we could drive in. So you said the entrance was discounted. So what what was it? And then what did you guys actually pay with the discount? Do you remember? I want to say it was around 20 to $25 and we paid 10 per person or per car? Per person. Okay. Per person. Nice. Yeah. That's a good Yeah. Discount. So it definitely wasn't too bad. Although I will say this, Jamestown, if you're a history person, it's worth exploring. Like I said, it's really the first permanent British settlement in the Americas. So it has its fame to claim from that. However, realistically, everything that's left there and that you can see is pretty much rebuilt. It's not like Colonial Williamsburg where these buildings are really from the time period. They abandoned this area because it was so much closer to the water than Williamsburg really swampy, lots of bugs, lots of issues. So even though it was the first settlement, they really didn't keep it for long. So really what you go see is kind of stuff that's been rebuilt that's not original. However, they are doing archaeological digs in the area. So we were actually there, saw some archaeologists digging, finding some artifacts. The only thing of importance that's really standing there that's original is like the base of their church and a graveyard that they had there. And then they've rebuilt that back up. But what they've rebuilt up is not the original foundation, only the base is Mm -hmm. what's original in the grave. So, you know, for the history, it's cool, but realistically, you know, not as cool as Williamsburg, if I'm being completely honest. Were there a lot of bugs when you were there? Yes. So we had to go over a bridge that kind of went over like a swampy marsh area. And one of the things that I read about it was like, you can tell you're in Jamestown because of the buzz in the air. And we could could literally hear all the bugs buzzing around while we were walking. So every like few steps, you're like swatting like, oh, is that in my ear? And that's another reason, like I said, realistically, they moved from Jamestown to Williamsburg, made that the capital, made that inhabited area because it was just a mess. It was too swampy over there. Favorite. Did you or did you not swallow a bug on this trip? I did swallow a bug on this trip, but it wasn't (laughs) here. And I made a full commitment to like fully swallowing it down. It just hit and you gulped it it down. down. (laughs) Well, when we come across that, remind us of that later. Well, it was in episode 94 for Shenandoah when we were on the Uh, hike. Oh, that's right. I remember now. I thought it was going to (laughs) be when we went to Bush Gardens and maybe was on a roller coaster and you swallowed it and had no choice. But uh, (laughs) now that you say that, I remember. Yeah. But yeah, but here at Jamestown, they have Pocahontas statue, John Smith statue. Again, you know, the Disney movie is the Disney movie. The real history is not really what's shown up in the movie itself. But just to give you kind of context of the people that's really there and the times. So one of the cooler things, though, that I found other than visiting, you know, just the regular Jamestown area is that on the area where the Jamestown settlement was, 
they do have some turtles in that area and they have their nesting season. So we were there during nesting season and they have a road that gets you into a forested area that you can walk, get by the water, see them. We went to go looking, didn't really see any that were nesting, but when we got to like a little swampy area, we did see some of the turtles swimming, saw a little baby one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so it was really, really cool. So you can see wildlife. Like that's one thing that really surprised me about you know Virginia and the East Coast is if you really look at a map of the East Coast and actually see the roads, they're highly concentrated together. So you really think like, man, it's just this one big urban sprawl, and it really is, but yet somehow they've built it all within nature. Like you drive in Virginia and everything's green. Like green, yeah. green, green. So even though you're in open spaces, all of a sudden now, like I'm in Jamestown, I'm in this big open clearing. All of a sudden I'm in a forest and that forest has swamp, what has sea turtles and all I this stuff in it. I can't believe it has yeah. turtles. Yeah. yeah. That baby turtle made my day because Aww. they had the road blocked off. So we had to like commit in the heat to walk into the park. And I was like, we better see some turtles. And that baby turtle <laughs> swimming was the highlight. It's so cute. But as Jamal said, you know, there was a lot of nature. We were driving from Norfolk, which is where we flew in, in Virginia, to our timeshare in Williamsburg. And we felt like we were driving through the forest. We were we were having to turn like our bright lights on. And I was having on the map to like tell Jamal, like, you're coming up to a stop. You're gonna have to turn here because it was so dark because there were no lights out, like no street lights because you're just in the forest. I mean, I get off the major interstate and then all of a sudden I take a turn and then I'm in the forest, wow. no lights on the road. I'm just like, am I even going the right way? Is Google Maps like screwing me here? And then all of a sudden you just get this clearing like, oh, I'm in town now. Did you see a lot of stars because of that? No, not really. Because even though you have those pockets of the forested area, it really is a highly concentrated area of just people. So you mm. still have that urban light pollution. So unfortunately not. But uh, you get into the forest randomly, which is really, really weird. Yeah, another thing that we did while we were in Virginia was we went to Yorktown. And those are the three big areas, the Williamsburg, the Jamestown, and the Yorktown areas. So those are the areas. If you're near Norfolk or near Williamsburg, you're going to hit all three of them. And the National Park Passes are valid for admission at the Yorktown Battlefield. And it's, Really? Yes. So you didn't have to pay? Free. No, we didn't oh have to pay. Oh my God, you're really fucking them hard I know. there. At, at Jamestown, it was just a discount. At Yorktown, free getting better and better yeah it was yes and so you do these self-guided driving tours and you get out and stop at each site so if you go to the visitor center they'll give you a map and there's two options so there is a battlefield tour which is a seven mile drive and it covers the british inner defense line and the allied siege lines the morehouse and the surrender field and you would probably need about 45 minutes for this tour jamal why don't you tell us the highlights of this tour. Yeah, well, you mentioned really the main things that you're going to see. And, you know, when you mentioned them, the inner defense line, the allied siege line, Morehouse, all that really means nothing. I'm not going to really go into it on the episode. And by what it means, nothing is thus, you know, history. You don't know what they mean. But the good news is the tour is going to tell you. So you start off doing the driving tour. They'll tell you in the visitor center, hey, there's this one app. Go ahead and download it. When you get to section one, hit play. It's going to tell you exactly what you're seeing here. Drive to section two. It's going to tell you. And it really reenacts the battle 
of Yorktown, which, like I said, this was pretty much the final battle that won the U.S. independence from Great Britain and the reason why we're a country now. I mean, you're on the battlefield for it. You could see the old bunkers and fortresses that they made, other type of stuff. So really, really interesting to be like, if things had gone differently, would I still have a British accent? Mm -hmm. How would the world be different now? I mean, like that's history in the spot in which you're standing. And it's quite wild in a sense. That is really cool. And it makes me wonder, like British came over here, colonized the area and then said, F you to the British. We don't want to be a part of you anymore. Like what? (laughs) But I guess that does happen. We're trying to like break states off and stuff like that still today. Yeah. Being in those bots of history kind of just like makes you feel really small and blows your mind. Yeah, it really does. And I don't even say this in the sense that we're American and it's American history. Let's not kid ourselves. We know what America's standing is in the world in terms of like a global superpower. So even if you're a foreigner to appreciate what has happened here and how it has affected literally everything in the world since the 1700s in a sense, I mean, it's world history in a way also too, to make it more exciting. So you have the optional tours in which you can do. Like I said, we did the smaller seven mile drive. They do have a nine mile drive that takes you to see more things, but you get as much time as you wanna put out of it, right? We asked the National Park Ranger because even though it's not an official national park, it's administered by the National Park Service. And he said, quite honestly, you could be done with it in 45 minutes, but if you really wanna read every sign at every stop, listen to every word that they say on that app, people can honestly spend you know, four to five hours here, but we weren't trying to do that at that time. Well, also you could choose to ride your bike instead of drive your car and make that a loop as well. But one of the things that I mentioned was the Moore House, and it's actually a really significant spot It's where the officers from both sides met to negotiate the surrender terms for Cornwallis's army. So we got to see that house from the outside. It would have been cool to see the inside of it, but I think it had burned down a few times and was like really disheveled. So they have restored that portion. And then also we went by Surrender Field, which is the field where Cornwallis's army marched onto the field and they laid down their arms in surrender. And that is where the last major battle of the Revolutionary War ended. Yeah. And Cornwallis, just in case you haven't got it, he was the commanding officer of the British. So he's pretty much the general that said, I'm surrendering. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wonder what it was that made him want to surrender. They were losing. They were losing (laughs) and he was sick and he actually didn't surrender himself. He sent someone to surrender for him. And George Washington refused to accept his sword. I mean, back in the day, there was a etiquette to battle. You know what I mean? And so since he was unable to make it because he himself was sick, George Washington, and they tell you this like in the app and everything like that when they're going over the history, he refused to accept the sword because it wasn't personally handed to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a little pride in him, I guess. <laughs> a little drama on the battlefield. So the last thing that we really did in Virginia itself was go to Bush Gardens. And Bush Gardens, in case you guys are unaware, is an amusement park. They have one here in Williamsburg, Virginia, and one in Tampa, Florida. And I am a big roller coaster and amusement park fan. I've always wanted to go to Busch Gardens, so we were fortunate enough that we had a free day, and 
We were like, we're going to Bush Gardens. They had their food and wine festival going on at that time. They had an awesome Ooh. deal where you can actually pay for 15 items. It could be alcoholic beverages, the foods from any of the stands pavilions. and pavilions in which they had the different types of cuisine. So we ended up buying that and Brittany and I split roaming around the park, eating different food, getting different drinks. And it wow. was really fun too with riding the rides. Mm. Yeah, we bought a package for like 15 different items. And I want to say it was around $70, I think. Yeah, it was about $70. So if you do the math, it comes out to be a decent price per item versus if you were to pay for it a la carte, right? And it included alcohol. Like, how could you go wrong with it, including alcohol for that price too? Were the items sizable? You know, it depends on, quite honestly, some of them were done in like one or two bites and some of them were a little bit large. Like as an example, one of the pavilions was Virginia, which makes sense. You're in Virginia. So they had a different type of, what was? It, that we had it was the hush puppies oh, the hush puppies and then what was the other thing that we had it was the, the virginia chowder, chowder that they have with their crab so so bomb quite honestly i was more excited to try the foreign ones and virginia really blew me away with their food <laughs> their hush puppies had like a really awesome like honey with it that mm. was so good and they had a korea pavilion they had an italy one mexico mexico a mediterranean one also with like lamb burgers things like that mm. so it the hamburger was, was good. Yeah. So really cool to go around. And it makes sense for Bush Gardens too, because Bush Gardens is actually rated one of the most beautiful amusement parks in the world, specifically the Williamsburg one in terms of its theming. And their theming areas are different countries, right? So they have the different pavilions and it just makes sense and fits the whole ambiance. You know, I said it kind of reminded me of Epcot in Disneyland, but Jamal didn't think so. In Disney World, you mean? Disney World, yes. I mean, it kind of did, but to really compare any other amusement park to a Disney-themed park, I think is, you know, unfair because Disney is above and beyond. And even though Busch Gardens consistently ranks like one of the best themed parks in the world in terms of general theming, I still can't compare it to uh, a Disney park. That's for sure. When you planned this trip, did you know this food and wine festival was going on or did you stumble upon it? We stumbled upon the fact that it was going on at this time because again, this trip came about because we wanted to use our timeshare. And this was just happened to be the time in May and that's when they happened to have the food and wine festival so it worked out perfectly but even without the food and wine festival i would recommend going to push gardens awesome roller coasters awesome theming great time love it and at the time we went there was really no lines we did not wait in line for more than five minutes at a time and we had some really amazing roller coasters i didn't ride them all because i get motion sick after a while but there was some pretty awesome ones that i did ride where there was like a vertical drop and i rode that one twice because it was really fun <laughs> i don't know if you could have hung on that one definitely Ken. not <laughs> <laughs> but Jamal had a freak out on this day. Did we Did mention he? that? Yes. Well, another Britney induced freak out, mind <laughs> you. I just want to throw that out there. All my freak outs are Britney induced freak outs. What happened, Jamal? Well, basically, we had actually decided that, you know, we're going to have a couple drinks before we get into the park because we had bought beer. As a matter of fact, since we were at the timeshare, you know, we were buying a lot of our own food really for like breakfast and a couple other things. So when we were getting that, Britney saw like a six pack of beer that she really wanted to try. And when Brittany sees a beer and is attracted to it, it's like shocking in and of itself. So I was like, all right, we're going to go ahead and get it. And so we basically said, all right, we're going to take a couple of those beers and we're just going to have them in the parking lot before we go. 
And then we get to the parking lot, and as soon as we get to the parking lot, I sh- we're not even in yet. We have a major line backup because everybody in their cars is waiting to pay to park. And so I told Brittany, like, all right, well, we're not really driving on any roads. We're parked still, just moving slowly but surely. Don't do this at home, guys. But we ended up opening up our beers while we were just, like, waiting to get into the Drinking parking Drinking and lot. driving? <laughs> I guess, a little bit, but not really, okay? So we decided, like, we're going to open it up, and I'm drinking mine. And it's taking forever really to get in there because they only have so few stalls open to pay for the parking. And then I think I ended up having a second one or did we only bring one each? I don't really recall. But the point being of that is we were literally sitting for 30, 35 minutes in that line waiting to park. And by the time we finally got to park and Brittany's sitting over here, babysitting her beer. We finally park. She has half a beer left and she's like, wait, I, I got to finish it. And we're like, you got to finish it. Like, how did you not finish it by now? And you know, like when I get to amusement parks, I want to be there when it opens. I want to be like in there right away before lines start to form. And mm. so because it took so long with the parking, it was already after opening time. So I was already getting some anxiety. So I kind of freaked out on Brittany because she was babysitting her beer. Like you should have finished that in 35 minutes. I was like, give me a minute. I mean, we probably had two. And I was like, give me just a second. I'm, I'm going to finish it. He was like, going to finish it. The park's opening, Brittany. We need to get in there. They're only open for a few hours tonight. Yeah, by the way, they were only open for like six hours that day from the afternoon to like the early evening, like nine o'clock. So that's why there was a time crunch in a sense, too. So Brittany babysitting her beer caused me a freak out. (laughs) Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip. A week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. A road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks. Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions. Plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for 30 dollars. so travel on over and get yours today this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So that was really everything that we did in the Williamsburg area. And then from there, we again, like we said, we use Williamsburg as a hub. And one of the days we did a day trip to Washington, D.C. And I was really excited about this. I've never been to Washington, D.C. before. Brittany has been when she was in high school for her FFA. I don't think you were still in FFA at that time to make it on that trip with no, her. Where you can yeah, So you didn't go to D.C. So I was really excited about it. I mean, I'm a big American history fan or just history in general. So I was really excited to go. But, you know, we still were going in the days of COVID, even though things started to open back up. The Smithsonian's weren't open. Major disappointment. I really wanted to go to one of the museums in D.C. because of what happened earlier this year. Federal buildings that should be open for tours like the White House Capitol closed. So, yeah. So all I got to do was really see the major buildings from the outside and kind of walk in the area. I mean, we started off at the Lincoln Memorial, followed down to the Reflection Pool, which leads you to the World War II Memorial, went to the White House, Capitol, Washington Monument. So those were really the highlights that we saw there just walking along Capitol Mall. But unfortunately, nothing was open because of COVID for the museums and other reasons for the federal buildings. So it kind of, I don't want to say hindered the trip a little bit, but uh, it didn't complete it and I'm ready to go back to DC when it's open. Yeah, we would have to go back to DC to do some of the Smithsonian's. You could spend a few days just checking out all of those museums, but it's a good day trip. It was only a two and a half hour drive each way and the Capitol Mall area is huge. So Jamal and I actually considered renting like the bird scooters and we're like, we saw some, we're like, yeah, let's rent some and then just go around. If we wanted to rent the bird scooters for three hours, it was going to cost $70 per person. Oh, my God. Which was ridiculous. So we ended up walking. We ended up walking. I mean, at that point per person, I might as well just pay for a cab because we parked on Capitol Mall. We were really lucky. I mean, there's very hard parking in Washington, D.C. if you've never really been there, right? So we found parking. We were really, really lucky. It was kind of like in the middle of everything, but everything is on opposite ends. So even though we're in the middle, we got to walk all the way to the opposite end on one side. And then what we want to see is on the opposite end of the other Mm -hmm. side too, right? So we're like, let's get the scooters. And then it just turned out to be way too expensive. So we walked, which made it a little bit more enjoyable in the sense that we got to have a slower, more enjoyable time to soak it all in. But again, really only the sites. And I do want to go back for the Smithsonian's really bad. But because a lot of the Smithsonian's were closed, it was a lot less crowded. And so we did have the sites pretty much to ourselves. So we got to explore at our own leisure and it wasn't super crowded while we were there, which was really nice. And we did walk all the way from the Lincoln Memorial to the Capitol building, which are on complete opposite sides of Capitol Mall. The unfortunate part about seeing the White House is due to the previous events earlier in the year, it was really hard to see. We didn't have a really good view of the White House. They have a 
big wall up of it right now. So you could they built a wall. They built oh, a wall. Wow. They built a wall. But you could really only see like the top end of where we were standing, at least of the Truman balcony, which some people may know, may not know, but it's a very iconic point of the White House itself. But from my understanding though, is even before what happened earlier this year, they were already supposed to be redoing the perimeter around the White House, but because it's still under construction, it's like that full blockade. So it was really tough to see except for the top so yeah that's yeah, such a bummer i know i know so i i need to go back point being but enjoyable nonetheless there's lots of michelin starred restaurants in dc we ended up going on a monday and 75 percent of those restaurants michelin starred ones were closed on mondays so it's like a whole combination of things really i don't want to say ruined it because i'm still so glad we went but it gave me a reason to go back yeah, I would like to go when I can actually go tour the White House. That'd be really, really cool. Yeah, I want to go too and tour the White House, tour the Capitol, all that. Did you know on some of the tours you have to like write your local government to get tour passes? Yeah, for the White House, we were looking into that before everything happened. And, you know, even during COVID, we thought, okay, maybe they'd be open back up. To get tickets for the White House, you have to write your congressional representative and they see if there's any space available and they are the ones to get you the tickets, interestingly enough. Well, I do know our previous mayor and current man vying for the governorship of California. Our gubernatorial candidate, Kevin, Kevin Faulkner. Faulkner. I've met him a couple of times at uh, Pride parties. Look at you, Miss Fancy. <laughs> no and rubbing shoulders with the yeah. mayor, soon to be governor, possibly. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can get us some passes. That'll be exciting. <laughs> so from D.C., we went to Annapolis, which is also in Maryland. And we learned that Maryland's love their crabs they love their crabs out there and i'm talking about the crabs that you eat by the way <laughs> <laughs> if we were just concerned not the infection you have yeah not the infection <laughs> but basically the reason why we went here so annapolis is not too far what was it like a 45 minute drive yeah. from washington dc maybe even a little bit less so a client of mine that i was talking to before this trip i had mentioned that i was going to be going to the east coast she herself happens to be from Maryland. And I was asking her, is there anything that I should do? And she said, you have to go to Annapolis. And Annapolis, in case you don't know, is Maryland's capital. Their capital only has a population of about like 35,000 people. So for a big city like Baltimore and DC, that's not too far away from this. I mean, their capital is so small in size. I mean, it's smaller than our hometown of Woodland, California that has like 55, 60,000 people. So this is even smaller than that. But what's really cool about it is the town itself is along the water and you really walk in there and you really get that sense of old school East Coast feel. Like, I don't want to say they're colonial buildings like we saw in Williamsburg, but they're really old brick buildings. Everything's done up like really nice. It has this nice quaint feel. And then they have so many restaurants along the water that serve the Maryland crab and seafood. And so we specifically went after DC to go get some seafood in Annapolis. Yeah, we had to try all the crabs. We got like crab cake sandwich, crab artichoke dip, crab soup. We had all the crab we can eat. It was bomb, by the way. And I know you're not into seafood, Kim, but I dare say you may have enjoyed the artichoke dip or the soup because you really can't tell. And the crab cakes, I'll give that to you maybe. <laughs> but the other ones, you know, if you took a bite, possibly you might say, OK, I can handle this. Maybe, but I guess I'll never know. You'll never know until we go to D.C. <laughs> we, until we go to DC and then Kim. I'm going to take you here. You're going to hit up Kevin Faulkner. You're going to get those <laughs> tickets. We're going to go to D.C. You're going to try the crab. It's going to be a whole experience. <laughs> okay. All right. So another day while we were in the East Coast, we went to Ocean City, Maryland. 
So we're all from a small town right outside of Sacramento. And while you're on one of the major Sacramento freeways, US Highway 50, by the way, there it says going towards Ocean City, Maryland. And that's kind of the terminus of where this freeway ends. And so Jamal was like, well, if we go to Ocean City, Maryland, will it have Sacramento on the other side? Like how many miles to Sacramento? He was like, is that going to say what the terminus is? So we went to find out. <laughs> well, we went to find out because, I mean, I grew up my whole life seeing that sign. Like the start of U.S. Highway 50 is in Sacramento and it has the sign that says Ocean City gives the appropriate mileage. And I thought to myself, like Brittany said, well, on Ocean City side, does it tell me the end is Sacramento? And let me tell you something. It definitely does. And oh. I was super stoked to see it. Uh, you know, my whole life growing up seeing that, I never thought to myself, I'd be in Ocean City. <laughs> so because I was close, I wanted to go see it, see it say Sacramento on the other side. But beyond just that, Ocean City is a very popular resort town area in Maryland. Lots of families go. It has a beautiful Atlantic seaside boardwalk area with roller coasters shops, food, the whole works. So it has all of that going for it. And I think I saw something that said the population of Ocean City is actually rather small, like 25, 30,000 people, but a weekend population could get up to 200,000 with people from the DC metro area and everywhere that comes to visit it. So there's more people there that are tourists than actually living there. So it's geared up to be this kind of like big fun place. And I really, really loved it. And like Jamal said, it's a big boardwalk. It's beautiful. It's wooden, plenty of walking space. It's and literally a boardwalk. It's literally, it's literally a boardwalk. boardwalk. And it's going down miles of beach, which Kim would love. Beach, 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 beach. Long beach, by the way. The beach is long. The sand is nice and white. And, you know, from the boardwalk to the water, I thought to myself, like, shit, this is a freaking walk for us. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, it was really far. There was a lot of sand to get to the water. Yeah. So on a big crowded day, like, I don't know, because I'm not there during the summer when it's really, really hot. But I have to imagine, even though it's crowded, there's a lot of space. I mean, that beach was huge. Yes. Huge. And USA Today rated it as one of the best boardwalks for food. Mm -hmm. So definitely try out some of the food in the area. And National Geographic put it on their top 10 list of best boardwalks in the U.S. Wow. Did you guys eat any food and do any rides? Well, we did not do any rides that day. However, we did eat some food, but not the type of food that I really wanted to eat on there. At that point in time, Brittany really had a hankering for like just a soft serve ice cream cone. So we ended up getting that. It was good, but they have everything like from deep fried Oreos to corn dogs, like all the type of good fair food that you can imagine that you get at state fairs or any other type fairs. I mean, they have that and above and beyond. Obviously, you know, we were back in Maryland. I mean, we didn't go to Annapolis and then go to Ocean City. I mean, we went back home pretty much like every night. So this was like another day's trip. We're like, we want to eat seafood again. So we didn't get to experience as much food on the boardwalk as we wanted because we were like, we want to eat the seafood. And the rides? No rides? No rides, unfortunately. Oh, I got all of that out of your system I, I, at Bush Gardens. I, we did. We did. But let me tell you this, though. What really shocked me about Ocean City is you drive that main road and it'll take you north and it'll go up into Delaware, which is actually where we went to another boardwalk seaside town. But they love their mini golf out there. Like literally every block corner had some sort of dinosaur themed 
mini golf. Dinosaur themed. Dinosaur themed <laughs> mini golf. Like I'm driving down the road and I'm telling Brittany, like, my God, like I'm inspired to play mini golf right now. Like it got me really excited. I'm not exaggerating. There was over like 25, oh like God. on that stretch from Ocean City, 30 miles up into Delaware. Like literally there was mini golf all over the place. And they were all dinosaur themed. 90% of them. Oh my yes. God. 90% of them. So like we said, the main reason why we did that other than to cross off a new state for us and go to Delaware because it was so close to Ocean City was to go to Rehoboth Beach, which is also another East Coast beach town with a boardwalk. And so it's one of those things growing up here on the West Coast. We know what our beaches look like and kind of what their little piers and things have. But something along the East Coast, they just look a little bit different. And so this was another town like that. And I was really, really excited to go and experience it. And it was cool they have another classic wooden boardwalk they have their beach food also i will say the beach here in delaware in terms of length and size was not as big as ocean city but you could just even tell the difference of the architecture of the homes like it got a lot more mellow in delaware and then the homes just looked like east coast homes i mean i don't know how to describe it other than that it's just had like that different architecture and look Really big homes. Yeah, and just like really done in a beautiful classical style. Yeah, more like boxes with roofs. Yes, yes, absolutely. And even at one point, once we crossed the state lines, like it dramatically changed. And a little bit before we got to Rehoboth Beach, Brittany said, we need to stop here because I want to take photos of this house. And it was in front of this one little man-made lake. And these people had their own docks in front of their own lake. And it's just like, this is off of a main road, but it's not heavily trafficked either. So it's nice, peaceful. It's just beautiful out there. East Coast is wild. Yeah, and this town bills itself for being the nation's summer capital. People flock here. People come from D.C., Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania. It's really well known. The boardwalk's a mile long, and there's tons of people watching. There's lots of benches just lining the beach. And Jamal and I just sat for a while, and we were just like watching people and just laughing just because people are funny. Yeah, they had a saltwater taffy place, and Brittany loves saltwater taffy. And so we picked up some taffy, sat on the bench, watch some people and you know it was really nice and exciting and Brittany had mentioned that lots of people from DC Maryland and all over the place come and visit there guess who has a summer home out in Rehoboth our current president Mr. Joe Biden from Delaware Ah. has a home out here in this area so even the president goes to Rehoboth Beach nowadays Oh, also one last thing I want to say about Rehoboth Beach. If you guys are really into beer or craft brews, I'm sure people know of Dogfish Head Brewery. They have their original location here in Rehoboth Beach. It's out in that area. So Rehoboth is also a really popular place for a craft brew scene. So I don't want to say it's the East Coast equivalent to San Diego because we have it here, but you can definitely enjoy that out there too. So there's lots of stuff to do, lots of shops to wonder if you're not necessarily a beach person, but it's definitely worth going out to check because it has cool city vibes all around. Yeah, and we went in May and we had a hard time finding parking, but we did find parking. And the meter said if it's before Memorial Day, you don't have to pay. But after Memorial Day, they start charging because people just flock to that I, area I think it was like, summer. yeah, I think it was like a week or two weeks before Memorial Day is when they say that's when they start to charge. And we were there in early May. So we're like, oh, hell yeah, no Walk parking, park. free parking. <laughs> hell yeah, it was like Monopoly board over here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really what we did in the East Coast. Like we said, we use Williamsburg as a hub. We went to Ocean City, Maryland. We went to Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. We went to Annapolis, DC, and we explored Colonial Williamsburg and that area. And we just made a whole week of it. 
And like we said earlier, we also went to Shenandoah National Park and New River Gorge National Park. But again, we didn't include those in this episode. Yeah, great time. I highly recommend the East Coast of the United States. It pleasantly surprised me. Not that I thought it was going to be bad, but I enjoyed it a lot more than I was truly, truly anticipating. It sounds fun. So between this episode, everything you did here, as well as our previous episode on Shenandoah and the stuff you guys did there, how many days exactly was this trip? Saturday to Saturday. So eight days, that makes it nice. Yeah, but by the time we landed on Saturday, keep in mind, we're coming from the West Coast to the East Coast. By the time we checked into our timeshare, it was already past midnight so that one day was really traveling Mm -hmm. we woke up that sunday morning hit the ground running doing what we were doing and flew home the following saturday so we had that limited time from sunday to friday and then saturday was the fly home day okay so six days of active adventures two days of travel correct Nice. Sounds like you guys just did it all. I mean, you know how we are. Can yeah. we hit the ground running? There's no uh, rest with Brittany. It's always yeah, move, I mean, move, move. You guys got in past midnight. Why did you even sleep? You should have just hit the ground running. <laughs> I needed a little bit of sleep, but uh, we did hit the ground running. Jamal, you're not giving me credit. We did sleep in one day. On the day that we went to Bush Gardens, Bush Gardens didn't open up till 3 p.m. Oh, so you're the reason uh, yeah. you got there late. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we slept in that day because the day before that is the day that we drove back to Williamsburg from New River Gorge, which was a like five and a half, six hour drive. So by the time we got done whitewater rafting, like three, four o'clock in the afternoon and driving five plus hours and Again, keep in mind, we didn't mention it in this episode. We mentioned it in the episode talking about Shenandoah, New River Gorge. That's when they had the gas shortage on the East Coast. So by the time we got home past midnight, I had to go scavenge the town for gas to fill up. So yeah, we slept in. But by the time we slept in, it was breakfast time, get ready. And it was already like, let's go to the park. So that's the one day we uh, slept <laughs> in, but I wouldn't really call it a sleep in. All right. Well, we have arrived to my favorite time of the week. Questions of the week. Yeah. Our first question here is coming from Katie from Renton, Washington. And Katie is asking, how much did your trip cost? So we were gone eight days, like we had just said. In total, we spent $2,500. That included our flights, which total we paid $300, lodging, rental car, gas, food, souvenirs, and all of the activities that we did, Bush Gardens, the whitewater rafting, all of the ticket entrances to Lake Colonial Williamsburg, the national parks, all of that. That's what we spent. All all in all, I don't think very bad for two people for a week's long vacation, right? I mean, that comes to... $12.50 per person over the span of a week with food and flights and Mm -hmm. things like that included. I mean, that's a deal. If we take out flights and the rental car and the rental car was for a week, like 375 bucks, the rest of it, not too bad at all, I don't think. And tell Katie about some of the hacking approaches that you took to make this trip cost less. Well, I do have a Southwest credit card and I do have the companion pass, which means that if I buy a flight, Jamal can be my companion for just the tax which are $5.60 each way. So I paid for the flights and it was about 200 and let's just say $90 and he paid the 10, $11 in the fees. So we really saved $300 in that regard. Mm-hmm. We also booked a rental car. It was more expensive initially and I kept my eye out to see if there were 
any sales or if the price went down and it did go down some. Originally, it was close to $500 for the week and we got it down to $375. So I canceled our old reservation, rebooked, got it for $375 for the week instead. And we used our timeshare. So we stayed in a place that had two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a washer dryer, kitchen, living room. And we just paid the amount it cost to exchange, which was about $260. Wow. So can you imagine like paying for lodging where it could Uh be you know, $100 a night or more? It could even be that $260 for a night. night. Yeah. That's insane. $260 for seven nights. For seven nights. And a place that's two bedroom, two bath with a kitchen, living room. It's literally like a suite and apartment. So, I mean, if you're a family, you know, it's great. And like I said, you don't necessarily have to be a timeshare owner to rent places and timeshares. There's a certain place where you can go and look. But since we own one, like I said, we just pay an exchange fee because we're using one that's not our home base. But for a week's time, like $260 for all that lodging, it's definitely great. And again, a lot of things you can travel hack and save money on too, like purchasing things in advance. The Bush Gardens tickets, if you buy them online, they're cheaper than if you buy them at the gate, things like that. So mm-hmm. always, you know, really look into what it is you're going to do. See if you could buy stuff online in advance. More often than not, depending on the activity that you're doing, I do find that they are cheaper than when you purchase at the gate, specifically, like we said, Bush Gardens. I even think our whitewater rafting had something like that that was a little bit cheaper, cheaper because we booked ahead yeah that's pretty amazing and then we have just another question kind of came in funny on our instagram stories someone wants to know how many freakouts did jamal have on this trip other than the one <laughs> self-induced one from Brittany, zero no you have the <laughs> airport i can't even remember what it was oh about. i remember you told me uh, his bag weighed too much and your bag was oh, already gone yes <laughs> So because we were going to be gone for a longer period of time, we did check our bag and Jamal was convinced my bag was heavier. So we put my bag on first and it weighed in. It wasn't over the limit. So the guy puts it on the little thing that makes it go away. The belt. The belt. (laughs) And then Jamal puts his bag on and his bag is two pounds over. So close. (laughs) Yeah. And Jamal was like, can you get her bag? Can you stop it and bring her bag back? Because he wanted to put some things in my bag. And my bag had already made it off the belt and was in the back. And they were like, we're going to have to stop it. Go downstairs. We're like, no. So Jamal had to open up his bag, take out his jacket that he didn't want to carry, put some things in his backpack. So I put a few small things in my backpack, like my GoPro and a couple other things like that. The main thing that was really heavy was my jacket. And so even though we were going to the East Coast and at this time in May, it should already be humid. Like they said in Colonial Williamsburg, it should have felt like we were breathing in hot soup. But we were looking at the weather, going a whole bunch of different places, different climates to national parks. So it's like I packed some heavier gear. I packed some lighter gear. So I think that was another reason, too, why we checked luggage is because we were going to be in so many different climates. And even at one point, it rained on us, too. So, yeah, I didn't want to carry a jacket on the plane. You know, it wouldn't fit in my backpack (laughs) at that point. And I didn't want to carry a big peacoat jacket. So that was one of the if you want to call it a freak out, it was more just an annoyance than anything. Perfectly legitimate reason to have a freak out. I mean, do you want to carry a two pound jacket the whole time on a plane? It wouldn't bother me. Well, then you could have carried it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I had my own jacket. <laughs> and then the gas shortage where we couldn't find gas. Literally, Jamal was having a freak out about that too. Yeah, because we were road tripping it. I mean, my God, they're running out of gas at a time in which we're road tripping. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh, I'm going to freak out right now. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> stating facts. You'd panic too. I mean, I don't want my trip to be ruined because I can't find gas and not go where I need to go the next day or be somewhere that's a three and a half, four hour drive away and not have gas to get back to our hotel. So it was a little uh, panic inducing, but I wouldn't call those ones freak outs. <laughs> you wouldn't call them freak outs. I wouldn't call them freak outs. Well, I'm going to say that you had three freak outs. All right. Three. Well, that's, okay. that's fair, although it's really one, but that's okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you guys had a good time on this trip. It sounds like it was one to remember. It was really fun. I'm ready to go back and hopefully this time squad trip to D.C. when things are open up because I know we'll have a good time in D.C. and in the surrounding area. That's for sure. Kevin Faulkner, hook it up. I'll be in touch, Kev. All right, squaddies, thank you so much for tuning into our episode this week. Keep the adventures going with us on Instagram and YouTube. Follow us at Travel Squad Podcast and send us in your questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, squaddies. Bye. Bye.